Oh, there we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Smoking Underground. Today, we are smoking The Timeless by Nat Sherman. And today, we are talking about the brother keeping you down. Kind of like, uh, you know, kind of the stereotypes or the, uh, the things that might keep you down from smoking. The stigmas, the, the government policies, you know, you know, the dirty looks people give you on the street. And that's what we're talking about here on today, Smoking Underground. We'll see you on the other side. What's better than an elf strip club while smoking a dub? Smoking Underground. Episode Brother Keeping You Down. Got a light. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, John and Gary, for being here today at Smoking. Appreciate you making it, too. Don't tell anybody I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Today's topic, as we were just saying, it's uh, Brother Keeping You Down. Oh, heck yeah, man. The Timeless Supreme. Tell us about it, Gary. The the Timeless Supreme. Well, the Timeless Supreme that I'm kind of excited about, and one of the main reasons is it's a Dominican stick, first of all. I like Dominican and it's a mixture of Honduran, Nicaraguan and Dominican. Uh, it, it is made in the, in the Casada factory. Now here's the deal the Matasa. And the thing is, is that I am a big Manuel Casada fan. I love Fonseca cigars. He was the, he was the father and creator of Fonseca cigars. Since then, Manuel Casada uh, has moved on. He uh, actually sold that particular name, the Fonseca brand, to the My Father series. So now it used to be Dominican. Now it is now Nicaraguan. So that particular brand is is sort of faded in the background, but the Timeless series is actually from one of his babies. He had a hand in doing that. Nat Sherman, of course, everybody knows Nat Sherman from cigarettes. Well, they went to another company, or actually Nat Sherman went, opened up another company to do cigars. Anyway, yeah, I'm uh, I'm stoked about it, and uh, we're doing a robusto tonight. Right here is around about a fifty-six, a fifty-six ring gauge by four and a half. Very, very nice. Nat Sherman's, of course, when they started their cigar company, they wanted traction, and of course, they got it. They got rated in cigar aficionado as well. I'm stoked about tonight. Well, Gary, let me date you a little bit. You did a really nice uh, review of the Timeless. Yes. Uh, by Nat Sherman. Yes, yes. However, as we all know, I can't remember. Well, I guess we all don't know because I can't remember who bought out Nat Sherman yeah. in 2019. And this all got lost in confusion a little bit through the pandemic and such. That was uh, that was uh, Scandinavian tobacco, I think. Surprise, surprise. The yeah. People we talked about buying yeah. Alec Bradley. And I also learned Alec and Bradley... He sold everything. Give me $72 million. And you can have it. I'm out. (laughs) We're taking care of the family. Effectively, this all went down. And over the pandemic, they shut down the legendary Nat Sherman cigar shop in New York City. Dang, really? That doesn't exist anymore. Brendan Scott, who was the CEO of Nat Sherman, lobbied and lobbied and lobbied to purchase Mm. the name Nat Sherman to continue making the cigars good and scandinavian tobacco told him no what he ended up being able to do is he purchased 
the timeless and metropolitan names from gotcha. Nat Sherman and founded a new company now called Ferio Tago LLC mm. because Scandinavian tobacco wants Nat Sherman cigarettes and no confusion over the cigars and who's making them and what they're doing. Yeah. And if I remember, um, I guess also Michael Herklotz got in with Brendan when, and they both uh, got together. One was VP and one was former CEO yeah. at Nat Sherman. They both went in to purchase these, this and begin their own production. Yeah, yeah, Honduran and, and Dominican. You know, be. the logos really haven't changed. Not much has changed. Still right. gives you a very full-bodied cigar. I think uh, Scandinavian tobacco would have problems with it being referred to as an Aunt Sherman any longer. Oh, that's all right, too. It's okay, so, too. We won't tell them. I haven't had opportunity to smoke that. And again, I'm in my studio, so I can't smoke in here because of all the equipment. We're going to have to get your summaries of what you think of these cigars here in a little bit. I'm a light man. Close your history books now, and we can get to talking. <laughs> 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 no, that's hey, I've got a book right here, um, Bad Days in History. If we really want to get history going, I got a history book on the desk. <laughs> Is it? It's called Bad Days in History. Why am I not? Surprised? Yeah, you just pick a day in history. It tells you supposedly the worst thing that happened on that day. That's pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> Is, is is my name in there anywhere? Check check to make sure mine's in there. Uh, not that I've noticed. I just randomly look at this, and um, I produce a podcast where we kind of use a little bit of this in a segment. They're long entries, so we won't bore you. We've got we got to get right down to the meat and get smoking these cigars. Yeah, yeah. You far new, John? Yeah. <laughs> so for for today's uh, libation choice. I decided to go with a very special one I got for uh, my birthday one year from my good friend, Sir Metal. And it is a Lafroy. I, I drank a Lafroy on my previous shows. But this is a Lafroy quarter cask, an Isla single malt scotch whiskey. It is even better and more expensive than the last one. Good Lord. Yep, it's amazing. And I'm drinking this in a specialty Lafroy Glencairn glass with a top on it. Wow. This top comes off. Dang. Look at you. And everything goes with a scotch. Well, not everything, but most cigars go. Timeless, I would say, so far, just from the light and everything, it had a really nice, solid flavor to it. Uh, flavor right off the front end. That's what I like. Because I smoked a Aganorse leaf, a pretty middle of the road. I can't remember which one it is. It was in my pack for the week. I expected more from it, I'll be completely honest. And I was pleasantly bored by the end of the stick. But this one so far, the start out, it's pretty solid. What would you say is I'm tasting here, Gary? Got some banging flavor to it. I mean, uh, I got I got little hints of uh, some cocoa, maybe a little hidden oak in there as well. Getting a, a little bit of nutmeg. Yeah, there's a little, a little spice bit. in there. It's not it's not it's not a harsh spice. It's kind mm, of yeah, and some spice, mm, almost like a white pepper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's one thing I really like. I like the even on the the dry sniff of it. You know, you can taste. The smell, does that make sense? You can taste the smell. Right. And you look at certain brands and you're like, oh, that's going to be good. And then like I was saying, you try them out and it's nothing burger right off the bat. And you're like, oh gosh, this one doesn't seem to have that. And I think, yeah, boy, yeah, you guys have gotten me really turned on to this size. Talk about the Robusto, is that right? And just, I don't know, okay. the flavor seems to be perfect in that range. I don't know why, 
but lately that's what I've been trending towards. Yeah, Robusto is going to give you a little bit more flavor in everything that you do. It's going to have a little bit more pop, if you will, as far as flavor goes, uh, a.k.a. Robust, Robusto. Yeah, it's going to have that. The only thing that really gets more intense than this, to be honest with you, uh, when it comes down to blends, is probably a Corona or a Lancero. Yeah, Lanceros know. are surprising. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll come up and bite you. you. You won't even realize it. They sure will. Oh, will they ever, buddy. Yes, they will. Indeed. He's, Devin's there teasing you with it, his beverage of choice. and I know. Yeah. And, and I know. Gary's sitting He's there, ashtrayless and waterless. Hey, I don't have an ashtray. It's a new home pod. He's like a little apple character there. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The boy in the bubble. Well, we're going to do an episode where we're going to go out and hit some people up on the streets and get their true, honest opinion of what they feel about cigar smoking, not cigarette smoking. Right. Do you guys find that, as the title of the show, Brother Keeping You Down, do you find it keeps you down, or are you cautious a little bit about where you smoke cigars? Do you think the cigar hobby is still accepted by a lot of people in today's world? That's a loaded question. A good one, but it makes me think of a quick anecdotal story of my own of being kicked out of Ferris Brewery. Really? Uh, or at least, yeah, not actually in the brewery and not actually in the grounds because it's like the brewery. Then there's this nice little picnic area that's fake grass with a club with a stadium and stuff like that. Then there's some restaurants yeah. over on the, the farther side. Yeah. And my buddy Josh and I decided, you know, this business isn't open right now. They're they're closed. We went there, sat down and started smoking a cigar before anybody got there. We got there at like 430. Nice. Right. Sweet. So Ferris wasn't kicking up. People are just getting off of work. They get off at five. We're sitting there about halfway through a cigar, and the guy walks over and he's just like, "Yo, oh, you you guys can't be smoking in here." And I'm like, "Oh come on, we're not really? in here. We're over here." Yeah, but it's coming uh -huh. over. I'm like, "But we're not in here." And he goes, "Some people are right. complaining." And all I'm thinking is, you know, you're at a brewery, right? I get it. You've got no smoking signs, but the, it was security for Ferris, and the security for Ferris doesn't govern. The grounds in the center that's owned by the pretty much speaks for itself. Yeah, there's yeah. other breweries I can go to. So don't you in those situations really want to ask who are these people? Point out three people that are complaining. Yeah, I do. I really do. I really do. Because I have a feeling the security guard didn't. He just kind of came over and knew, well, we're gonna have problems, so let's go. No, no, you wait until there is a problem. I use that excuse a lot in governing things or patrolling things or securifying things over my career that We've had complaints. No, we haven't had complaints. It's just there's rules, and you're breaking the rules. It bugged me so much. There's actually another set of restaurants, or, or I should say buildings, to be used for whatever somebody purchases it for. And they have a second floor with this really nice like iron rod balcony, and I went, I'm going to open a cigar shop right there. It's overlooking that stadium area, and I'm just going to sit there with my chair and smoke a cigar right there in front of me. Nice. Right. <laughs> the people in the stadium watching their event get slightly <laughs> snowed on by ash ashes from That's above. Right. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is my business, and I'm allowed to be here. <laughs> what are you going to do? Wait till you hear about Mexico later in this episode. I do have to watch where I go. It's not universally accepted, and I think a lot of it, to go into the more governmental stuff as we move along, as far as the social mores and everything about it, is people just... They associate like the nasty cigarette 
inhalation and cancer with the same thing. And it's not, not even close. There's a monogram nine number study, which you can go to our website and there's a link, an Amazon link for the book there, which you can go and get. Yeah, I would say I would say I get some people like that. It's it's kind of irritating sometimes. My buddy Josh is, yeah, Ferris has got good beer. I'm like, there's other breweries that will let me smoke. Why would I go back there? That one incident, as you can tell, has ir- irritated me. So it's your turn, Gary. I'm one of those kind of guys that I like to be liked. Uh, there's a lot of guys out there who say, I don't care what you think of me. I don't care whatever else. Well, I mean, I'm, I've been brought up to be cordial. I've been brought up to have morals and to at least afford in life with some standards. In doing that, what I do, of course, is I watch this surrounding area. And of course, if I make somebody angry or if I make somebody mad, whatever else, I have to test the waters and say, hey, listen, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move. And if that don't work, then, you know, I might make other, you know, everywhere that I have went, it's basically been me and Northcutt that has gone and a few other friends that have gone to some of the breweries or whatever, you know, we've, we've never had any issue. I really like to, when it, when it comes to smoking, I either like going to a, a wide open park where there's benches out in the middle of nowhere. And I'll go out there and do that or at my home or at the shop. So when it comes to breweries, I just, if I know it's going to be smoke friendly, which, you know, Josh down at good people, uh, or I'm sorry, hop city. I know it's going to be friendly. Yeah. I go to hop city. We, uh, my group, the, the arc yeah. of fire network group, we all, yeah. that's where we go. We go to either yeah. Cahaba's or hop city. And then right on Friday and Sunday of last week, there they went go. Friday and Sunday smoked right on their patio. Nobody yeah. gave us trouble. It no. was wonderful. It, it's great. It's great. You know? And, uh, and I got to give Josh kudos because we, he and I, we've done shows together and he knows where we come from when it comes to that. So when me and the crew come in, you know, it's, you know, he knows it's on and nobody better say anything at all. And they never do, man. We'll, we'll smoke right next to them and nobody won't say, say a thing. I just enjoy the beer, which yeah. is what I love. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's one reason I've been enjoying uh, Hop City over everything else. It's, it's starting to become our go-to just because of the variety. Yeah. I wasn't expecting them to be as cigar friendly since their patio area is so small. So small, right, you know? But they are. And, you know, you know, I haven't gotten any pushback from anybody. Nobody's come out and talked to us. You know, it's just been pretty normal, pretty average. Yeah, it has. Do you think, Devin, I'm not bar hopping like you. I don't go out for that social scene as much. I'm a recluse, so I like to smoke on my, you know, my patio out at the lake, on the deck and right you know, yeah. mountains, that in very private areas, cigar shops. Other than that, I'm not smoking a lot in public. But do you think the reason a lot of these microbreweries and that are accepting of the cigar smoking is because it's allowing smoking, but it's not allowing dirty cigarette smoking. It's also fits in that same little niche because a lot of times when I'm selling cigars, I compare the nuanced flavors of cigars to craft beers or to wines and such. And it's that because I've never had a problem having a cigar usually at a vineyard either. And that's no offense, but a lot of times a little bit higher snobbier class, but cigars are accepted there. But do you think it's a way to say, hey, you can smoke here, but you really can't smoke here? 
It's an interesting way to say that because the few times I've ever had problems, it's been at gastropubs, which if anybody doesn't know what a gastropub is, it's a, it's a tavern, a pub that serves food as well. They make their own food. Now, I'm not talking a, a food truck. I'm talking they make their own food. Ferris is a gastropub. I think you get into the stigma of, well, we allow under 18 in here on a regular. That's, that's not yeah. a problem. Um, right, right. As opposed to like Cahaba or Hop City, which is 21 and older. Like, you have no business being there if you are not 21. You have no business being. So it's kind of more like, I think there is, I think there is some of that there because if you get, if you got like 40 people at Hop City sitting outside smoking cigarettes, I think the smell would annoy a lot of people as opposed to cigars, you know? Right. Like right. the cigar smoke with, if you had 40 people smoking cigars, I could see how that'd be a problem, but people definitely, I don't think they would be coughing and hacking their lungs up because I, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for me, but I know there's a lot of people who they'll smell cigar smoke or they'll be around it. And they'll be like, Ooh, Oh God, that's strong. But if they're around cigarette smoke in high quantity, they're hacking up. And that's the difference between the quality tobacco versus the cheap poisonous tobacco. Um, and by poisonous, I mean they insert poison into their tobacco for cigarettes. There's one thing that tickles me to death every year, and it's one time a year. And that is when Alabama and Tennessee play. Yeah, yeah. That tickles me to death because it pisses off all of the liberals around you at the game and everybody turns their nose up and goes, eh, but man, literally, if you were in Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa has a capacity of about 101 to 100, I don't know, 5,000, something like that. Yeah. And that whole stadium is nothing but a smoke rise whenever right. they get finished with a game. It's amazing. It really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a mini bonfire. It's a, it's a full on <laughs> bonfire. Sure but is. Like, buddy. That's, that's the, and I think, John, I think you, you touched on that. That is the aspect to it. Like, even Cahaba sees, like, some of their clientele look pretty sophisticated. I mean, I'm going to brag and say we look sophisticated, sitting outside smoking their cigars or smoking cigars and drinking their beer. Is this aspect of the bonfire mentality, which is, I'm just going to coin it right there, the bonfire mentality. The, you can relax here, you know. You're not going to have to worry about it, even though, even though breweries like Cahaba, they people bring their dogs and people bring their kids every once in a you know you see them more often than you think. But yeah, that's the true. great thing about it not being a gastro pub is, hey y'all, this is a this is a bar. You you can turn your nose up all day, but you're at a bar. You're at a bar. They're kid friendly. They're pup friendly, but you're at a bar. They're, they they don't serve food. They don't do any of that. They've got a nice food truck, but yeah, I think I think you get that. That nice aroma, not just the smell, but the aroma and the atmosphere you build by being, you know, like I could see, I could see Gary and, and, and Northcutt just sitting back. I've, I've actually seen uh, Northcutt there before. He was watching a game and he had a bunch of people there smoking cigars. And I'm like, yeah, I don't doubt that. Like that's, that's the atmosphere. You're going, everybody's welcome. We don't turn anybody down. And that's the reason you're outside. Because believe me, I'd love to be smoking on the inside. That's <laughs> without a doubt. I had a buddy of mine, uh, just a small story. That's all. I had a buddy of mine, God rest his soul. He, he passed away about a year and a half ago. Actually, you know, actually longer than that. I'm sorry. His name was Joe and Joe's older dude. 
and he had what what they call or what he called an eternal girlfriend. Joe <laughs> never had any kids. He was divorced, and he lived at Greystone Farms. Yeah, and Joe was Joe, and Joe was he worked for the government, retired from the government, and uh, and just a good dude, man. Just a I mean G double O D, great <laughs> guy. He was good. He was gold. And, uh, we'd go to breakfast, whatever else, but yeah, I, I went to his house one night, you know, and, uh, he had some issues, you know, it related. And I said, yeah, I can, I think I can help you out with that. So we, we walk into his house and I'm, I'm admiring the smell. Nice house, nice little, nice house, you know, Greystone farms. And man, I walk in there and I'm admiring the smell. We go into his library where all of his stuff is. And I'm like, wow, this is cool right here. And he, and he just looked at me and he says, uh, you got a smoke on you? He said, not, nah. he said, my humidor is right outside the door there. Light one up. And I said, Hey, I like this. And, uh, yeah, he smoked in his house. He, you know, it was just him and his girlfriend lived in Inverness, you know, and they would, they'd go out, they might pick a house if you will, to go back to, uh, and have a little nightcap or whatever. Joe's like, man, you got to take me like I am. Sorry, this is who I am. And I, I know, I know. I think all of us share the same mentality of not wanting to smoke in the house. Obviously, John, you're uh, you're 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 not in your own like purchased home. You're in an apartment, which I'm sure they won't allow you to do that anyway. Or would they? I really don't care if they will allow me. Um, I choose not to in the studio, like I said, because of the equipment and that. <laughs> My girlfriend has a type of asthma that is easily aggravated. So a lot of times, even when I get home from smoking, I'll shower and clean up out of respect to her. And it's more of a respect care. If I didn't care what she thought to hell, I would smoke. Well, see, and I'd love to smoke inside. I'll be honest with you, but there's still a part of me. Even if I were to walk inside right now and only smoke in my office around my equipment, because I want to smoke while I'm video gaming and streaming. That's been a goal of mine forever i can't just do it like i've got to buy the proper filters i'm gonna have to do like i'm gonna have to plan it out because it's just a not just a respect for people but it's also a respect for myself there you go respect for my environment job Um, not that i'm an environmentalist but more like the environment that i'm in sure i i'm gonna i'm gonna get good filters they're not gonna make a lot of sound it's just if i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna use cigars like a calming aspect something to help take on the role of what I'm doing, like just chill, just friggin' chill. Like, well, that's what we're doing right now. You're listening to the podcast. You're, you're probably driving or you're, you're sitting down outside, just taking a listen real quick. That's the objective is to be chill about it. At the, at the same time, the stigma behind it is it shouldn't be something where you get your nose turned up in your own home, but you got to make sure you do it the right way. Because if you step into it and you just start smoking on the inside and you have somebody else living there and they are pissed off, you've already done it You've done something wrong. Correct the mundo. Correct the mundo. Well, it's something like Gary was talking about with Joe. Joe didn't care. No. Unfortunately, Joe passed away. Joe didn't care about the next owner of his house and that. He's going to do what he enjoyed and he was comfortable with it. Right. It's kind of like when I choose to smoke a cigar, I'm doing it to relax and not have any stress. So it's, I'm going to have a cigar, but I'm really not sure if I'm supposed to. And then I feel like I'm sneaking and it's not adding to any of enjoyment. Right. Right. Of it. Maybe I get that thrill of I got away with it. Again, it has to be something very relaxing. You know, I bought this car a couple of months ago strictly to drive for work. 
I don't think my girlfriend will ever get in it. That's the reason I don't smoke in it is if for some reason, if she had an accident or whatever, or she needed to use it for some reason, don't want that odor there. You know, there's a lot of ways and we might do an episode on how to smoke in your car. And this might be a good car to test to see if um, some of these things do work and keep the smoke smell out of it. I can tell you, John, is I, I decided when I got my truck to smoke in my truck because I went, this is my truck this time around. Everything about it's mine. And I didn't smoke in my car, even though that was mine. I don't know why I did. I smoke in my truck now. And I remember having a girlfriend uh, in my truck one time, taking her out on a date. She goes, oh, my gosh, it's thick. And I went, I never noticed it. But she was right. And I went out and bought those Ozium pucks. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you Ozium and then Febreze. Good job. And you're you're, you're good to go, man. You're like you're you don't really have to do a yeah. deep clean. You don't have to do anything. And we'll do a whole episode about proper window man. management and things like that. I've got a whole. I can go in. Ozium is the anyway. bomb. But I think that sums up the episode a little bit. We've talked about whether or not you can smoke here and whether or not you can do this, and especially smoking in your house or in your car. Where I'm thinking back in '88, '92, when I was just. You know, high school, just out of high school. <laughs> and you'd smoke Talk cigarettes everywhere. Yeah. You didn't give a damn if you smoked them in your car. You would smoke them at work. <laughs> you would, you know, you didn't have to. In the supermarket. By yeah. the mid-90s, you yeah. were having to go outside. You couldn't smoke in, co- you know, in your classroom in college. Right. You didn't think yeah. a thing about it. And you didn't worry about the smell or anything. And I was in a store the other day and somebody came by me and he just reeked of cigarettes. And yes, it's cigarettes. You go, Ooh, you know, you don't even realize, I think people smoke cigarettes anymore unless you just happen to see him smoke buy the cigarettes in the gas station or, you know, in the aisle at Walmart or something. Yeah. And I think that's brother keeping you down is it has a smoking in very select places with a lot of, concern and thinking about others which is a good thing it's definitely not like it was 30 years ago definitely not because cigar smoking is a timeless classic hands down and i don't think it's going anywhere i really don't think it's well it's even like i remember and i'm sure gary's of that you would walk through the mall and there was always a cigar shop in the mall and you ashtrays here and, and there and you would yeah. go outside you would walk yeah. by that cigar shop maybe your grandparents would let you walk into that cigar shop now we're talking you, you know 70s early yeah. 80s before my yeah. time and, and that doesn't yeah that oh, doesn't yeah. exist anymore you don't get That's a cigar right, shop yeah. in a mall as a matter of fact yeah. if you have a brick and mortar cigar shop it's very regulated where you could be my brother has a cigar shop near his house that the owner of the property got got complaints. Like he, he told him he could be there, and then the people around him complained so much of the smoke. He eventually got evicted out of it and had to go to another spot. And I'm like, really? I mean, I guess I get it. At the same time, he's better off now, but it's still like I don't think he would have had that happen in the '80s. I don't think that would have happened at that cigar shop. So when it comes to that, man, it's it's so funny because I I used to go into that particular cigar shop here and uh um and walk around and smell the pipe tobacco yeah and man oh man oh that used to be the bomb because right beside the right beside the smoke shop which is small but it stayed there for 
ever. I mean, ever. Right beside it was the the grill. And people would go in there and they would eat their hamburgers or club sandwiches or whatever it is. You know, you come back out and there's the, there's the smoke shop right next door to it, you know, cruise by. But I remember just one time going down to the beach with my folks in the 65 Pontiac and, and I'm up in the, uh, either in the back seat or in the back window and dad's got his Winston's out and mom's got her Kent 100s out and they're just doing a, they're just having a big old time. Yeah. My parents smoked when I was young. I remember smelling it and oh, yeah. I used to hate it in the car. It used to drive me crazy. Yeah, it did me too, but you know, I got used to it. That's why I think cigar smoking, it is different. It's obviously, I think it's going to be around for a while just simply because you have the same, to put it in the same aspects, it's like prohibition or like alcohol drinking, alcohol drinking, listen, (laughs) it's like other things that are legally allowed and then they're just taking smoking and pushing it out further and further and I'm going at some point there's going to be a tipping scale to where it's going to, the pendulum's going to swing back around in some way. I don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetime. That's a good, that's a great theory. Great. Theory. A great, yeah, a theory. Exactly. Cause I really hope like it makes me think about some of the futuristic games I play. I play one that takes place in the year 3000 and I was walking through a spaceport and in one of their displays, they had cigars in the display. You can't buy them or do anything with them. But I thought, look at that. Even these guys programming the game now, I think there's going to be cigars a thousand years from now. And I'm like, how about that? I mean, just tells you about the human aspect of how long it's going to be around. And right. uh, we can do a whole nother topic about like the future of cigar smoking and the merging possibilities. Cause that was a question I proposed to my network was, was things like that. Um, but I think the, the final point on the head is John, do you think that the government is the major stemming point behind some of the bad, the, the dirty looks we get as cigar smokers? Do you think it stems from that side of the culture down, or is it vice versa, or what? What do you think? I don't think it's the government at the root cause. My opinion is it's the government is the marketing arm of the cause. The cause is... People that object to things, the Karens of the world, don't (laughs) like it. And they whine, and they whine louder than us because we just accept it. Go back to the tobacco bill that passed in 2017 that just about destroyed the industry that finally got overturned last year officially by the Supreme Court. And look look at the explosion in new cigar companies and new cigars and all of this happening in the last Mm. year and i don't think that's because of COVID or anything i think that's because last year they finally said that 2017 mandate was overstepping the epa's bounds and the food and drug administration and the environmental protection agency and that they can't regulate stuff like that we don't as cigar smokers and that's why we do the legal segment in this show we don't pay attention but the Karens, and I'm sorry if you're Karen and that, but you know the term. <laughs> those people out there in the world <laughs> complaining, they make more noise. And then more people listen. Those people making noise, then the government begins to hear it. And they go, oh, if we agree right. with these people, right. they're going to endorse us. And they're they're already creating a voice. You know, right. we might vote a little bit with our wallets and checkbooks is 
rich cigar smokers, da da. But <laughs> it does start grassroots, and it's like I say, we do the legal thing, the bill that was proposed in California. If it passes, it's going to wash across the United States. We're not going to get to the legal segment of this episode. We're going to cover it definitely in the next episode, and it might actually end up being the whole episode about what Mexico just did a few weeks ago. Oh, yes. Yeah, that'll be a good one. It's the I think the government's the marketing arm for those that have the loudest voice. I would agree with that. That's a, that's I do. a great I like that. that John. Try our best. We've got um, different cigar lobbies going out there and doing things for us. I think building awareness, uh, podcasts like this, and the legal, the legal light with John that uh, he goes into details with it. Again, if you want to hear more about that kind of stuff, tune in to us. Go to our website, smokingunderground.com. You can email John uh, at the cigars at smokingunderground.com. Uh, be put on the list. Uh, remember, you know, like, share, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. But get up to date with the legal things. Uh, I'm sure we can provide some links to keep you educated. You'll hear us talk about it almost on every show. Or, or at least touch on it, because it is an important matter that I know it feels like we're fighting uphill, because it really is a fight uphill. Unfortunately, we're going to have to keep fighting, and then we may have some harsh stuff happen in the future, but I still have hope that it's going to swing back around. There's going to be a pendulum swing back around. I really think, you, well, you're on it right there, but I really think that one of these days, one of these days, one of these days, Cuba is going to open up, you know, their, their trade again. Don't know when, nobody knows. But when that happens, that will be one of the instances where the boom will come back. Now, how that's going to react, I don't know. It will at some point. I mean, change is inevitable. You're right. I think that's that's looking good. We appreciate everybody being here. What else we got to go, John? It looks like... So give us a quick summary of those cigars. How have they treated you the last four, uh, 40, 45 minutes? I'm telling you, this... Timeless Supreme yes. has been deep. There's definitely a rich kind of dark chocolate to it. I wouldn't say it, not in the flavored capacity, but in a very leathery chair capacity. Sure. Right on. And I've enjoyed every single pull of this. It got even better closer down towards the band, towards the middle of it. Do we have a, a relative price point on this? I would say whatever it is, it's worth it. I, want, I don't want to purchase a few for, for my humidor. That's for sure. I misplaced my notes on that, but it, w it was on the lower end. It's a sub $10 cigar, I can tell you that. $9.99 or less. Oh, is it? Okay, that's perfect, man. Yeah. What about you, Gary? What do you think about this cigar? Thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, it's, uh, this particular blend, I'm I'm a very um, very proponent of anyway. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is good, dude. This is nice. Yeah. Very good. Now, let's just remember to thank Brendan Scott and uh, Michael Herlocks for uh, preserving the Timeless Cigar. I always enjoyed them before when they were product of the previous company. Yes. And wish them the best with Ferry Otega LLC. Right on. I can't wait to try one of their Metropolitan selections in the near future. That's good as well. Uh, remember, you can pick those up at Cigars and More or Vitola Fine Cigars anywhere in the Birmingham and Tuscaloosa areas. And if uh, you're not in one of those areas, BirminghamCigars.com, and they'll ship them to you. As of right now, as of right, fifty dollars or more for free. So any any order fifty bucks or more, and they'll ship them to you. Heck, if you live across town, order fifty bucks. It's not that many cigars anymore. They'll ship them to you and save yourself the drive. Yeah, hardcore. But, there you go. There you are. 
Well, we thank everybody for being here today on Smoking Underground. We'll see you guys on the next exciting adventure. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, John. Tune in uh, for every time we release the podcast on the, the regular basis, so to speak. Yes, sir. And we look forward to hearing from you. Get in the chat. Tell us stuff. You got something you want to tell us? Cigars at smokingunderground.com. Roger that. Drop us a yes, line. Yes, sir. Thanks, everybody. Later.